Well, hey, oh, Carolina, I show my love for China. Tyson Bryden. Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. This is your host, Tyson Bryden. Today we are joined once again by Donnie B, formerly of the Nuss and Nuss solo artist. Donnie, great to have you on the show again. How are you doing, man? I'm pretty good for my age. Glad to be back on the show. I've been trying trying really hard to get back on. You finally got back to me. <laughs> <Right on. laughs> so, so let's, let's talk about what's been happening lately in your world of music what have you been what have you been working on uh i just keep doing what i do it, nothing really uh i'm not really affected by the times or or what's going on or uh anything i just continue to just do what i do i don't i don't pay much attention to uh or, or indulge into politics and the state of the world and all that shit because it's not my forte and and so i just continue to uh you know, do, work through whatever powers that be to channel these songs. And I just just try to keep up the, the steam and the momentum to keep up with the ideas. It gets harder as, as get older and stuff, you know. Not necessarily feel like sitting down and doing that shit as much anymore. <laughs> but uh, that's just what I do. And got, uh, and, and as we're allowed to, uh, you know, as time allows and opportunities allow to, and timing to put things out, that that's, you know, that's, another matter you know so but eventually we will be and so I'll, I'll be ready for it you know okay um are you looking are you looking at just still releasing pretty much like singles videos or are you going to look towards recording another album it um uh, that's all contingent upon the next uh month and a half or so of, of what transpires in in uh my business career i i'm currently right now I'm just independent and uh, I got, I got off that label and I, and I got my records back from all of the labels that solo records that, that have been out there and, and I got them all back. So Chip and I just did a, <clears throat> a site licensing deal with uh Cleopatra records that, that licensed all the enough enough records on one under one roof. And, and I used my money to buy all my records back. So <laughs> now I got those and, and I'm free to do whatever I want and or whatever comes along and I'm looking at a couple of deals. And if I, if, uh, if I do, uh, you know, sign with this label, then, um, it'll kind of be on them of how they choose to want to do it. If they want to make a record, I, I've got the material, you know what I mean? I, I can do either one. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, somebody going to get behind it because I'm not, I can't put out shit that's lesser, it's lesser quality or lesser uh, production or anything than my last stuff. So that's, and that, that costs money to, uh, to get things to sound the way they do with, you know, with um, engineer produ- production guys and guys that mix and the right players and stuff that, you know, that's not free. And so 
It'd be one thing if I could just sit here in my little home studio and churn them out, mix them, and put them out. That'd be something. That'd be no problem. But <clears throat> I got a lot of stuff to follow. I mean, and that's really, I'm not, not I couldn't mix water and peanut butter and jelly. I could mix anything. So, so that's, I mean, that's what's up. I got a single ready to go right now. Awesome. Huh? Okay. Well, the video came out amazing. The song, I retracted it once the video started uh, coming along so well. I retracked the song with uh, with different players and, and had it remixed to, to uh, now to live up to the video. And so now it's like, a, it's just, it's a huge, huge fucking song and, uh, and video, like big time pro shit. And, and so I can't waste it. I can't waste it. It's, it's a, there's a one-time thing that I probably will run across in, in my years of songwriting and, and everything that this one particular where the stars align for this exact song for marketing capabilities and shit. So I can't waste it. And we're still uh, in discussions and with feelers out of uh, where exactly, how we're going to go about releasing it and, and promoting it and with who and who's going to help and, and things like that. And so uh, that's going to be a little while to get that. And also the song is called party time. So it needs to be, needs to come out in, in conjunction with something of that nature, something that, you know, to, uh, to party about, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and so, so um, today I just kind of was thinking about it that maybe I, I should, uh, release something else. I got a bunch of stuff in the vault and I just have to, uh, you know, pull, pull some things out, look and see what I got. And maybe just release, uh, just a simple song, just, just out there in the, you know, in the um, social media bubble. But now, now before we talk about the Cleopatra, and whatnot. I I had to mention that uh, let's talk about your Christmas. I believe it was your Christmas gift. That uh, the beautiful last call. I watched yeah. that film and watching your face when you saw it was priceless, man. You, I guess you came up the stairs or whatever it was at the door and you looked and there was the case. Tell me tell me about that guitar and what happened to it. Well what happened was uh, I've had it like endorsements all like, you know, from the day one that we first hit the scene, I had, excuse me, endorsements like Kramer, fucking stuff like that, you know, Rickenbacker, excuse me, all these things. And, uh, Fernandez, somewhere I was even poster child for him and stuff. And, uh, but when I was, we started that animals record was the third and ups and up record. Somehow I don't remember exactly how I acquired this, this last fall, but I did. And ever since the day I did, I never, I just, never used anything but unless it was something you know that required a strat sound or something like that you know but as a main guitar i just this thing just fit into my hands and just everything i've ever wanted to do play sound everything was perfect and um and so i used it on basically every song every record every show everything that i done for i don't know since from like 93 to to uh, like 2001 or I don't know, a little bit longer than that. It sounds, it felt like a lot longer period of time, but it was, I mean, a lot happened on this thing. And, uh, and then I left the band in like 2001 for a while and uh, got married and, and I've got some really sticky situations out there in LA and we uh, fell into a bind. And the only thing I really had of any uh, value to sell, which would have helped get us out of uh, the predicament we were in was that. And uh, it was kind of hard to, to part with it, but I did. And uh, but I made sure that I sold it to a fan, 
a, a, a big fan that was I knew would love it and take care of it, and I would always know where it was. And one day I'd be able to possibly get it back if he chose to uh, chose to let it go. And um, which which I had I had heard a little bit about, and you know, saying some stuff, some you know, some ripples in the water about that, like a, maybe six months ago. And um, and I, but I didn't really jump on it, and I did contact him after what's going on. We didn't really talk about it or anything. And so I just, I figured, all right, well, let's put that on the back burner again for a while. And um, so it's going about my business and, you know, uh, I just didn't expect it, one, not at all, especially as a Christmas present. I don't know how she knew about it. I don't know how she found out about it and how she found it. I don't know what the fuck, but uh, yeah, he called me upstairs because I was lollygagging for, you know, on Christmas and yeah. showering and doing dicking around doing this and that and they're like come on come upstairs and you know we're gonna do the christmas i'll be up in a, in a bit you know the parents <laughs> are there and stuff i said she goes hey you gotta come up right now i need you to something's wrong with the fireplace and i knew her dad was up there so i knew that, that nothing's that urgent so you know, i still took my time and i come up there and she goes and i walked up the, the stairs and, I, and uh you've probably seen it that from that point forward I just, yeah, I just, they're really disbelief. It took me a few days to actually sink in that, wow, I got this fucking thing back. And then it took me a few more days of messing with it to to remember just how much I loved it and just how great it was. That was, that, that happened within another few days and so, and all of a sudden now it's just, it's like a lot of my stuff's in cases and shit. This one's out all the time and I'm, it seems to be in my hands a lot, so. It's a special guitar, and with something, if there's a guitar in my hands, you know, something, music is being made. <laughs> That's for sure. No, I, th- I think your words were kind of like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Or something like that. Is this real? Like, well, the number one thing is I know, I know what I got for it. Okay. Yeah. So I know that, 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 that's, it's going to be, that's going to be less than what, what something would have to be paid for it. Yeah. And to, what, to go through it and everything that you had to go through to get it. So I'm like, you know, just, I, just, I don't feel worthy of a gift that expensive. You know, I mean, I just, I just think that that's beyond, uh, yeah, it's way over the line of, of how I feel anybody should, should do anything for me. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not used to anybody doing anything for me ever. And she's just a wonderful and amazing. And I still, it's like, you know, you could have done a lot of other things. You know, needed with that money, you know, but uh, it made her feel real good. It made me feel great. And, and I guess it was meant to be because after 16 years, here it is back sitting in front of me. And uh, I guess it's got all these, all these dings and nicks and all these fucked up things on it that, yeah. that are all little war stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could, I could, do, I could do a chapter of a book just on the war stories of this guitar, just on each ding and nick and, uh, well, the gouges and <laughs> cracks and all that stuff, but uh, still, man, it's I uh, I went because I guess when I sold it to him, I I was kind of messed up in those days, and I took nail polish or something, and I wrote scribbled my autograph on it and some other shit. He couldn't even read what it said. A lot of it all over the side, of the front of the guitar. Really? The first thing I seen was first thing I saw was that, and I'm like, what the fuck is all over this? And then I look and it's like, it's illegible. But then I look close enough and it sees, I can see a big sort of a D and a big V. So I said, I figured out immediately what that would be. That's my tweaked out ass fucking dicking around, fucking 
didn't care anymore because I was losing the guitar. Figured it's a big fan. He'd rather, you know, he'd like to have the, this artwork on the guitar, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the first thing I had to do was get rid of that. So that took a lot of <clears throat> wet sanding and stuff because I tried using cleaners and stuff and thinners and shit to get it off. And, that, and it's it's the old-fashioned uh, lacquer-style finishes uh-huh. and stuff, which which nail polish and shit melts right into that. So it was, it was the paint was coming, you know, it was coming off purple and stuff. And I was like, oh, shit. So I had to basically uh, wet sand the, the whole place of the guitar and then um, apply a buffing compound and then buff it out. And that, then that's all gone, at least. But that's just that is gone. Everything else just remains intact, all the dings and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna paint it. No, no, I mean that's the character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you said, you can write a book about it, which is cool. I actually put put the parts on it back on it that, that through the years I I don't know where it had had gone. Like I changed the knobs to to speed knobs, I guess for practical purposes. I got rid of the pick guard. I don't know why, and uh, and some other things. The pickups I had changed out and stuff like that. And just don't know why I did a lot of that stuff and don't really recall. And uh, probably just dicking around, and but that's all uh, all back together too. It's got a new pick guard on it. It's got the old knobs again. It's got the the right pickups that, that you know should have came with it. They're yeah. in there, and you know what I mean? Oh, that's cool. Very practical. Plays amazing. It's just amazing sounding and playing guitar. It's incredible. So, what did you put? Like, was it PAS in that one? Then I guess probably would have been right. Yeah, they, they would, that would be PAS. It's a '61, so they're. Uh, yeah, they're PAF burst buckers. Um, I went with it. Uh, I opted for, because uh, nowadays they make better ones of that exact pickup. So I went for Pearly Gates. Uh, just the same thing as I put in my uh, 360 that I built, or 335 I built. The Pearly Gates sound really good, and that's basically the closest, uh, the closest uh, you know, relative to that, to that old 59 burst bucker, because those you'd have to find them on vintage somewhere and they're probably you know who knows how much they want from it who knows how to, what shape they'd be in and exactly. stuff like that now nowadays you know i mean it's not be that much different they re- recreate shit so that's did, it did, did you huh? do you leave the covers on the pickups or did you take did you yeah well these came with covers some pickups don't anymore yeah. at humbuckers these came covered and that's kind of another reason why i chose those because uh, if you look if you look at any of the pictures and he's playing it through all the years, it didn't have covers. <clears throat> they were because because I, I also had a, a strings and accessories and Gibson endorsement with them, so I could get pickups, I could get I could get anything I wanted for free, and I I probably just messing around and you know too much time on my hands. I would change things out and this and that and stuff. And I'm not that that stupid kid anymore. You know what I mean? Now it's uh put put what belongs in there and leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> exactly. I just I just got a uh, 57 reissue gold pop back in October, and because uh, I think I told you that I my last my my 97 last ball got stolen. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, and and a Strat and a Telecaster. Anyways, <laughs> I said that so many times on the show. But um, I I I replaced it with this 57 reissue gold top and. I like playing it a lot better than the 97. The 97 was like a a black standard, right? This one, I don't know what it is about it. It just, it's, it's the guitar I play all the time now. Well, so, you know, things get, things that, that 
become new, like in 97, like in those days, then <clears throat> what was considered new wasn't, uh, you know, they were, they were, it was like you, you get things so good and then you start overkill before you know it, things are just, just, you know, and not great. And, and in those years, it's just got to be a point where things had, had peaked and then, and then they started going overboard and shit like that. And so, and then, then you know, com- different times they're competing with the, the price and stuff like that. And so they're, it's, uh, yeah, nowadays, I know if you get something, uh, vintage reissues or something nowadays, they're getting, they're just so good at, at yeah. you know, recreating what it was that was great about that or this and that. And, you know, and it's all done scientifically or whatever. And, but as opposed to actually having the 57 gold cop, you know, that Which inspired them to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's a great guitar, 57 reissue gold cop. That's got a sound and play very incredible. Oh, it sounds it it sounds amazing. It feels great. Yeah. Great a great tone out of it. Um good bottom end. Yeah, it's just you know, it's you can't, uh, you can't really go wrong with the Les Paul to begin with, you know. No. No, I agree. I agree. And I and I bought these other guitars, like I replaced all four of them. And I just find myself I'm not playing those as much. I'm like I kinda went with some eighties guitars and I'm like which I thought, you know, with the with the bar on it and everything and I'm like I'll pick them up and play them, but once I put on that last ball, man, it's it's like smooth sailing. It's like okay, this this feels right. You know what I mean? So, so it's cool. A lot of guys have a bunch of nice guitars. You know, what I mean, there's most of the time they're guys that that really can't really even play them that well. They have a lot of expensive quality, nice guitars and stuff. Yeah, and um, but. If the, the guitar needs to be, first of all, in, in your hands to for it to make to do anything to serve any purpose, and it also has to be in the hands of somebody that it would serve a purpose. Right. And so, uh, to have one guitar that, that is doing that, one guitar that is picked up every day, that is that because you're inspired to be the way it plays or the way it looks or something like that, you got the odds are a lot a lot higher that something's gonna you know, going to come of that than it is to have 20 fucking less calls in cases that are put put somewhere so they appreciate value and this and that and all that stuff. Because what good are those guitars? Those guitars aren't worth anything. They're worth no. nothing. No, you're right. No, you're totally They're right. They're not even worth what you paid for them. They're not even worth the, the 2500 you paid for the less Paul because it's sitting in a case somewhere fucking trying not to get damaged and stuff and so it's useless. It's, I consider it worth nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. You're so right. Why would you even why even buy it, right? I guess if you're a collector, but like you say, there's no point if you're not playing it. Then it's then not even necessarily it. collectors. It's guys that that really always wanted to be something, but just yeah, and, and just re- re- refuse to to uh, commit to themselves that they're not that, and they just could never be that. So they're still always like looking for looking for the secret of what the, the one that make turn, turns them into that, that, uh, but you can't buy that kind of shit. And then it gets to a point then where to be able to roll and hang in the circles because they just love musicians and rock stars and music and stuff so much, but, but it's not necessarily their forte to, uh, that's that they compensate for, for, uh, lack everywhere else of having nice quality guitars. You know what I mean? Just, uh, to kind of try to equal, even up the score, you know what I mean? And uh, like I said, and usually all the guys that I've ever known that had the sweetest collections, like 
like just amazing shit and stuff. And a lot of them and shit are, our guys did, you know, I can take a fucking Les Paul copy and an old MacBook and, and kick their fucking ass. They can pull out all their quality gear and shit like that. And the bottom line is what you can do with it. And, uh, like I have what one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven guitars and a bass. And the only reason I have that many guitars is because it's, it's one of each, you know, there's a, there's a Les Paul, there's a ES335, there's a Strat, there's an SG, there's a Gretsch hollow body and a Tele. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those yeah. are the, the main guitars. I don't need two of each of those. I just need one that, that, that does a good job for each of those. And I need this sound. I got one. I mean, and it's, I never would want any more guitars than that. That's I had hundreds of them. That's the same way I look at it. You got to have a Tele, you got to have a Strat, you got to have a Les Paul. And then I've got a flashy like uh, Charvel, you know what I mean? Um, that's just, and then I have an acoustic, and that, that's that's, and then I've got a couple other guitars. Like from here, I'm just redoing another guitar. I'm gonna put new pickups in it, put a new neck on it, and everything. But uh, I have reasons for that. But it was an old guitar. I had I was probably the first guitar I got in 1988, I think it was. So, and uh, it was there's something more. There's something more satisfying about taking it, putting a new neck on it, doing this and that, which would probably cost more than it would cost to yeah. actually go out and just find and buy a guitar. There's something more rewarding in it for you, you know. There's more to it than just playing it. There's the, the ritual and the act of doing out, you know, that you're putting into it, the love, and it's something to do, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then when you're done, if it kicks ass, it's a bonus. Well, the hard part, that in the fucking acrylic off it, like, you know, that old lacquer finish, so I, yeah. I had to, I had to put a heat gun to it and scrape all that off, and then sand the underlayer off of it. What's a disc sander? The fucking disc sander. Stick it in vice. Get a disc sander and grind this shit right off. Well, I, you know what? I, I, I tried the heat gun. It, it worked. It scraped it all off, and that didn't take a lot of time. It was the disc grinder afterwards. There was like a, like a white, uh, I guess you'd call it like thick primer under it. It was really bizarre. So I had to sand all that off. It it didn't take what kind of guitar it was it? What's that? What kind of guitar is it? It was a Charvel uh, Model Four. Those those were those were very really really well made and uh, and put together guitars. Those 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 Charvels, earlier Charvels, and everybody I know that plays like uh, lead guitar a lot and stuff like that usually has one of those in their arsenal. You know, I had them. I had a Charvel or. I mean, but as far as I'm concerned, for me, Charvel, Jackson, Kramer, all those things are basically the same thing to me. You know, it's just that kind of guitar. Yeah, I don't, I'm not that kind of player. Yeah. So I had a bunch of them. I even had my own model Kramer and stuff and Charvel and shit. And I, it made no difference to me. If anything, probably uh, hindered what I did because I didn't get a full understanding of, of the, what kind of the guitar player that I was and what I was doing. You know what I mean? And I just knew that I... I couldn't do all these things that, that everybody else can do. I mean, that's the way I looked at it. But then through years, I've realized, well, these guys, those are, uh, that's something you can be taught. That's something you can buy. What I can do is, uh, you know, it just comes from the, the soul. And so uh, I made peace with that. You know, it's like, a, I'm a hack. I'm a fucking hack on a guitar, but I, but I make it happen. <laughs> you do. Yeah. And you're, and those you're are good guitars. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a great guitar. It's, uh, I mean, it 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 needed some, it needed a new neck, 
Um, so I'm going to get a new, I'm going to get a new neck for it. And I, I'm looking at pickups right now. I've got a, there's a guy in Windsor, Ontario that, uh, my buddy at the, at the store here told me about to contact him. And I was looking at those and he's got some pickups that I think are pretty close to what I'm going to like for that guitar. But the premise of the guitar was the fact that my, my dad actually bought that guitar for me. And I think I was in grade 10. And uh, my dad passed spoiled, spoiled little fuck. I know, I know. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have said that, but it was uh, it was kind of a it was his encourage. I sucked in school, so it was kind of his encouragement way to uh, get me to do a little bit better. <laughs> so, you know what that does though? Something like that. What that does for you though, as far as uh, creatively and and as far as your. Uh, you know, in that line of uh, your life and stuff, it kind of is almost a handicap because there's there's something yeah. that that builds and there's something that that you need to to really do well to really be good. That you think that that is it's all in the process of the earning and learning and appreciating and things like that. And just to when you go to get to grade ten and you just got the, you're at the top of the level, you're at the top. Where can you go from that? You know, you can't go any higher. So you're, the best you can do is just keep going plateau there. You know what I mean? So yeah, you work your way up and you need the hunger. The hunger is the biggest part of it. Hunger emotion is, is where it all comes from. That's true. That was the only, you know what? That was the last guitar he ever bought me. I was on my own after that. And he told me that. He's like, you want any more? Like, you're on your own. So I yeah, probably, you didn't, probably didn't inspire you to do what he wanted you to do. He probably continued to fuck off. And now you had a great guitar, and you, which you didn't appreciate. And said, I wouldn't have got you one either. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it, it, it was like, yeah, and I know exactly what you're saying. It's, you know, it's possibly the wrong way to go about it. But um, people, are, people are too supportive. Parents, parents, parents that are too supportive, they're, they're just completely just ruining any chance that a kid would possibly have in, in, as a musician by being too supportive and just. To you know, just being there to like notice and everything. Oh, yeah, let's get them this, let's get them that, and this and that. That's just that you, you're losing so much by doing that for a kid. Like my nephew, same fucking thing. He's got all these expensive guitars. He's 12. You know I mean, uh, I fucking, my first electric guitar, like real one that I was actually able to use and stuff, was yeah. a Les Paul copy, but I, it took me a year to pay for it, a Les Paul copy. Took me a year of, of going there once a month, taking the bus to this place to uh, pay. It was a hundred dollars. It's all it cost. But I, but when I was thirteen, he wasn't working a job. I'd have to go around saving up, you know, birthday money, uh, picking up cigarette butts in these restaurants that I used to do for a penny a piece and stuff. And I get the money, and all that money, I immediately want get on that bus, take it up there, we go see my guitar. It was a piece of shit, you know. But to me, it was, it was you know. Awesome. And then when I got it, look at look what I've learn to do on on musical on music with musical instruments and stuff because there's a hunger total hunger and there was never i to this day now i'm not able to uh ever reach a point where i'm satisfied with myself or satisfied with anything i still continue to to uh have this need and need to be better to get better to do something more to, to still stay hungry and and i don't think that i've that's ever uh not been the case and i think i've continued to do that up until my last record, which is the best one I've done so far. That's amazing. As I told you before, it's an amazing album. I, I will say, I think a year and a half later, I had saved a ton of money and 
I ended up, I wanted an acoustic, so I bought, I bought, I paid for it myself. I bought an ovation. So, I mean, uh, I still, yeah, it was, I, I don't know why yeah, I wanted an ovation, but I don't. you wanted to plug it in. Yeah, I wanted to plug it in, but that's it sounded. That was what you went for those days. Yeah. Exactly. It didn't sound that great, though. <laughs> no, they never did. They sounded, they had that tinty plastic yeah. back sound, you know, but they did plug in and they were, didn't. Didn't cost a million dollars to plug them in like they used to back then. You know what I mean? And but when you see, I'm so old that when you say something like, "I got this," and back in back in this day, like in you're talking about '90s and stuff like that. See, yeah. to me, when I think of that, I'm thinking, "Shit, that's that's not hardly that old at all." But that's just because I'm so old. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember those years, no, like the fine. '90s and stuff. I'd already thrown it all away by then. You know what I mean? Uh, well, you are, you are, but I had a bunch of albums by then. So, I mean, I was still a kid. I was like... We remember when you were... How old are you? I'm 46. All right, well, sorry, then you're only 10 years behind me, but, but I remember, like, being in the 80s and stuff like that, getting an 80s, buying a new guitar in the 80s. I remember it used to... It was something that, that you know, guys did true... Uh, True kind of stores or, or, you know, real guitar players and stuff were looking to the 60s. You know what I mean? The 60s yeah. and 50s and stuff for a good guitar if you really want a good one or you can spend a million dollars. See, so now now you look back from here to those days and that's considered a vintage guitar now. You know what I mean? But in those, so that's, I'm still in that mode where I'm looking for early 60s, late 50s and stuff. And I don't even know why I bother doing that because I think it makes any difference in the way I play. <laughs> so it's still I mean it's cool to have it and it's probably better it's probably a better guitar all around anyways right so. I, I've seen what they mean by those old ones like that like this is a 61 I, I have seen why you know I most of my life I was always like I just don't how could it be that big of a difference and stuff but I've seen what they mean when you this one gets in your hands and you just like wow this one just feels this one just sounds better than all the rest of them that, of this exact same thing I mean there's some and there's some years it's just like they had they got everything right at one time, and then they keep trying to improve things, keep trying to you know for different reasons change things and stuff, which is stupid because if you once you got a winner and it keeps winning, why do you want to you know why fuck with it? The guitar. Oh, that's true. But you're t- like no. you're no. trying to reach that next whatever it is you're looking for, right? I know, but there's no computerized shit. There's no technology or anything involved in a guitar. There's a, basically the kind of wood you use, the kind of the kind of uh, magnetic pickups that take the sound, the kind of wiring and, and you know and electronics that move the sound the best. And it's just you can only get to a certain point of where you there's nothing else you really can do except be digging around and doing it because because you uh, want to look cool or you your company or this and that. You know what I mean? And uh, and I mean, once you get out of certain area, once you go higher than that, now you're looking at at uh, a whole different animal, something that's computerly created or some shit like that. You know what I mean? It's not just a magnetic winding uh, pickup and things like that. You know? Yeah. And then then you're looking at a whole different so- sounding instrument, a whole different type of instrument, <laughs> not a guitar anymore. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, you think about the those crazy synth guitars that they came out with in the '80s, right? Which were oh yeah, right. They're still trying to come up with one of those that works, so so these guitar players can can play keyboards. I mean, but it's it's just not that big. It's the hardest thing to do to play keyboard. 
I mean, well, like, I might as go dicking around with that. Exactly. Tweaking out, looking for the perfect app or something, turning your guitar into a synth, or just get a goddamn keyboard you want a synthesizer. This is a guitar. Get a keytar. Yeah, right. Those were the worst, too. They, not only did they they were lame, but you looked like a douchebag playing one of those, you know? <laughs> keyboard players, you know, if you, if you want to look cool, you shouldn't have chose keyboards as your fucking instrument. Exactly. <laughs> you don't look cool standing there with your keyboard. You do not, you still do not look cool. No, you don't look cool. I mean, whether you're standing behind it or you're you're wearing a keytar, you're still not looking not as cool as... Hey, the keyboard player, the keyboard player that's kicking ass and he's really enhancing the sound of your band and stuff like that. That guy looks cooler than me than anybody. <laughs> no matter what he looks like, you know what I mean? That is true. That is a good point. I I, I will rephrase that. Then you are right because I mean, you know, he's adding to that sound too. Keyboard's always good to have in there. I totally agree. There's always some element of it that I mean, when people say keyboards, your mental images, all these different things. Keyboards talking sometimes is just one sustaining note to a chorus or something like that. It's just one little thing that comes in as a nuance yeah. uh, done with a brush brush stroke, not a roller. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's good enough. The keyboards and everything, anything you could ever listen to, anything you love throughout the history of music from back from the 50s, there's a keyboard in every one of those it's about, you know, unless it's punk rock or something, but there's a keyboard of some sort, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, now let's let's talk about. Um, so you mentioned you got every album. You bought back every album. Did you buy back the actual and the Arista stuff as well? That's the only stuff. The the two the two uh, Atlanta strength and the very first Snuff record. Those we still have a year left before we can acquire those back. Then they oh. then they revert back. They revert back to us. So we're waiting on doing publishing deals and things like that until we have those as well. Because those are by by no means even close to the best songs or the best records. Or as far as I'm concerned, actually they're the worst. Because they're the first, and and you know I didn't I got better and better and better. And so, but they're the ones that are on Hair Nation and stuff like that that get the action and make the money. So that, those are the ones that are actually valuable to whoever you're going to do business with because they they don't give a fuck. Nobody knows anything about about true uh, music anymore. It's just all business now. And that's all they're interested in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, that's when it'll be time to do that. And meanwhile, it's nice owning all your shit, you know, even though it's, you know, you can have all my, all my, all my records, all my great songs, all my publishing, everything in my one hand and nothing in the other. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of, a lot of good to us, you know, but there is something good about knowing that, I have all of my stuff, and it's all really great shit. <laughs> That's amazing. That is a, yeah. So you do have the Arista stuff as well, or you don't have that? Yeah. No, we got that. They, when, when we left Arista, uh, we we were it was a mutual agreement. Yeah, we can't do any. There's nothing that we can do with this band in the state that it is, like as being a hard rock band. That wasn't there. That wasn't Clyde's vision. Clyde's vision was was the power ballads and stuff that I wrote. And yep. stuff and uh and the everything management and everything fought against rubbed against uh, the green with him because everybody tried to keep emphasizing that we're a we're a hard rock band to him. Well, he's Clive Davis. He knows what the fuck we are. You know what I mean, you know, but he knows why he signed wanted to sign the band. And uh and I was you know a little bit clueless 
in those days as, as of what was actually being uh, in, implied by this is basically we want you done. We don't want the band. They don't make sense. It's this and that, and uh, you can do this and stuff. But I was still young. I still, you know, I grew up lonely, so I loved having a gang and brothers and stuff like that. And I didn't kind of was oblivious to uh, oblivious to the whole thing, you know. But as when we left part of ways with them, they just uh, just basically, you know, just cut cut off close to a million dollars, you know, and just wrote it off and just said, "Here, take your stuff. Good wow. luck. You know, here's your records. Here's a." You know, the videos and all that shit that we spent money on, money and the records that were cost a fortune to make, which is which is actually ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it was ridiculous then. Now it's it, now it's outrageous, you know, to spend that kind of money making a record, you know, hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars, two hundred, two hundred grand to make a record. Like you're fucking retired, you can make a record for, for less than twenty grand. A great record. Exactly. Yeah, that seems absurd, that amount of money. Yeah. That's crazy. So, in, the, in the daily roughs, the Clyde Watt would like to hear daily uh, updates and stuff to hear what we're coming along in those studio sessions. They, he had to have his, in those days, was just the beginning of being able to burn, burn CDs. Yeah. And those were 300, 350 bucks a day just for his daily thing to oh. pop in real fast and listen to see how things are progressing. 350 bucks a piece to make those. So that's, that's how ridiculous money was just being burned and you know, into the wind. Jeez. That's amazing that they let you out of it, though, and with your with your album and the videos. That's great. Well, they had no, there was no, uh, there was no animosity. There was no, there was just, you know, it was basically, uh, you know, I want this one thing. That didn't happen. And um, so I mean, he's not going out to fuck us or anything like that. It's just there, were, there was nothing in it for them. Yeah. for us to be on there and there was nothing in it for us to be on there and so you know in their heirs so they got millions and billions and millions of dollars like you know all they do is put that in uh, put that in a different column on their taxes and and they didn't lose anything oh okay. that's awesome on the other hand we we gained a lot you know yeah yeah echo we still owed, that was a i think that was an eight million eight million dollar deal like this it was no it was 12 million Eight records, twelve million dollar deal. See, now we only fulfilled two of those, and uh, so with the videos and everything, we're talking. You know, we're looking at over a million dollars. That, uh, but there, you know, so we had to file a bankruptcy to get out of that one. And yeah. um, and even though you file a bankruptcy and you wash the debt, you still have no no chance of of reacquiring what you washed and what you flushed until you actually still can pay that off. You know what I mean? Holy shit. Yeah, that's right. A lot of times, a lot of times you're not even able to right. pay it off in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, wow. Well, that's a business, right? Now, let's yeah. talk. I want, I want to ask you about, so the latest vinyl reissue on Cleopatra is, uh, is dissonant. And uh, the hit yeah. like thing on there's a uh, pink vinyl, green vinyl, vinyl. Um, I think I'll probably buy the green one. I'm not sure. Not sure. Yeah. Um, now the they don't have they don't have black, huh? I don't think they do. I think it was. I think the only ones available are the pink and the green. They look good. <laughs> so trying to bring back the vinyl, but but bringing it back like that, you know. I mean, you can't just whatever they have in the record. You would hold in your hand when you were a kid and wanted to do all this for. It's like 
the black record and a big mo fucking cover. You know what I mean? Peace artwork on the front of it. And, and, well, um, but I, I'm glad they're redoing the vinyl. And I got a copy of it. My sister bought me a copy. And uh, it definitely, we, I'll say one thing about it. The cover is a thousand times better. And it's not, I think it's, it's really not a very, very uh, artistically uh, mind-blowing cover, this new one. But the original cover was about as, as bad as they get along with all the rest of the Enough Enough record covers. <laughs> well, horrible, horrible. I'm just, I mean, I'm just looking at that. I have the CD in my hand. And yeah, orange and fluorescent green and just has Enough Enough with the peace sign. Yeah. Anything, any, any elements of what we were doing that anybody could do without me, without my input and stuff, yeah. they would do. And that was something you could you can pull off a cover. You couldn't pull off the songs. You couldn't pull off this and that without without running things past me. But that was stuff they could do without running past me. And and I did it every single time. And the only album cover I had any input in was the very first one. And that was the only one I think that's any good at all. And ten is kind of good because it's it's that one with a one in front of it. You know. Now um, now I and. So you didn't like the album cover for Tweets? I think it's stupid. I, I look at it, I have no idea. Somebody still has to explain to me what, what, what would be the correlation between Tweet and that album cover. And still, now it's being, it being explained to me, I still don't see how, see what the, you know, this, what it has to do with the other thing. Like, when you look at that, what, what's that look like? It's a fucking, it's a people in cars and stuff. Yeah, it's apparently an Irish funeral. I understand an Irish procession yeah. after, and What's I that never have to do with tweak. What's that? Yeah. What's that have to do with tweak? Is tweak is your highest fuck on drugs, or but in the technical, in the the, the technical uh, definition of tweak is is you know mixing things and turning adjusting things and tweaking them and stuff tweaking. like that. Yeah. So yeah, so this has nothing to do with any. Either of the, the definitions of that, you know, and, and and when I seen it, I'm like, what the fuck is that? But you know, it's just, <laughs> I was just like so used to it. But I was like, yeah, whatever. All I care about was what's in it. Who who yeah. died? The album cover. Uh, the rest of them, like the management and Chip. Really? Chip, you know, I love Chip, and Chip is very very plays the game well, and he's a very nice guy. He's very brother and everything, but he's not very artistically uh, brilliant. And, uh, and so he'd be, you know, that's the last guy that I would look to for, for I would be the guy you would think that somebody would ask me, what would you like on the cover of your record? I would think that that would be me. You would ask. And if yeah. you did, there'd be a great record cover. You know what I mean? Like, although you can't, yeah. That's yeah. Brilliant like you, you can't really say that from all my solo records. So I've had some shitty looking ones, but that depends on the, the state of uh, affairs in my life at that time, how broke I was or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, that, that whole, that whole time period for you guys during from animals to tweet, um, was it, was it strange going from two like major labels to mayhem records? Like, was it a big adjustment? It was, uh, it was night and day. It was like moving from, from the city into the, the fucking uh, the native native village and fucking you know what I mean it was like that big of a difference it was that uh, there's nothing even close to the same it's not if you're used to one thing 
and you've been you've been uh, you've come up in this one thing and then you get switched to that. It's like yeah. throwing you you having to go figure out how to do your show now without a computer, <laughs> without fucking you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to do it uh, pen, pen, pencil and paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then literally mail mail it to everybody. <laughs> it, I mean, it was such a crazy time, and I mean, <laughs> even the, as you listen to some of the tracks, it's it's like it seems like the first few tracks are kind of more '90s style, and then you get to the middle of the album, and it's a little bit more animal sounding, and then a little bit more poppy. You know what I mean? Um, well, that all is determined by by what what. The, the uh the condition or the conditions under which each of those songs was made because a lot of those records after animals all the way up until uh welcome to blue island those were a lot of that is done in off hours favors us you know basically us us pulling it off on our own with whoever we know and what we could do and some of those songs that you'll hear on those records started out as as a, a demo version that i just did you know, an eight track machine that that are taken and and uh and brought into a studio and we'll I will say add this or that, whatever we need to add to it to make it to be able to put it on a record. You know, and then there's some of them that were that were that done the whole thing in a studio and, and they'll 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 reflect by the sound of it, you know. I mean, but there's there's shit on there that's plus in all those records, there's things that didn't make it to the one record, there's things that didn't make it on that record that are now here. And it's gonna sound like a mishmash, but but we didn't give a fuck and, and who cares because all we care about is, is having 10 or 12 of them and putting it on something and being able to put it out so we can go to work. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It, and you know what? It's, I, it, it's, it's a different album because like I said, I mean, the beginning of it's a little bit more uh, aggressive and then it kind of, but, and, but I don't think it's bad. I don't think that's a bad. You're talking about tweaked. Yeah. Tweaked? Yeah. A tweak, tweaked in seven. Those both of those records were one big whole, yeah, uh, yeah, one big whole thing, and they just were divided up into uh, light poppy ones and the heavier ones because we were trying to pull a fast one into Japan and call it something else, and so we figured we needed to change the because Derek was gone then, and, and, and no more having to have that Antichrist guitar on there anymore, and 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 uh, you know just there was already enough stigmatism with that name things with the look in the 80s and all this shit was all with that and trying to and so here you kind of get away with getting on the other end of the planet as far as the way that this sounds like and just maintain the killer songs and, and vocals you know what I mean and uh, and so it was kind of divided up but they were all done the exact same way the same time period you know same setup. it just they were just kind of divided up into into two records so that we could get uh, two deals instead of one turn <laughs> on that's cool um, yeah, I think it's Life is Strange has that like really heavy like sound garden type of guitar on it and then the verses the verse is a little bit mellow and then it goes heavy again I think that's a really cool song and it was very it was very different from what you guys had done which I and there's a bunch of stuff on there that was different from what you guys had done and you mentioned Derek and you know I, you know you guys were he was like you know the shredder type of player and everything and uh, it was more like the guitar was playing to what the song was you know it was the well, song in the solo later. it really is, i don't i don't consider there's really even a song in there like this strange what that was was an attempt on my part to uh recreate the times of what was going on then 
And yeah. uh, that's the song. That's what the, the inspiration for writing the song was, was, was the sound of how the chorus would come in compared to the verse and stuff like, like Nirvana would do and stuff like that. And so that's how the song was created. And it wasn't, didn't start from an idea or any kind of emotion or anything. So as far as I'm concerned, there's really no song there, <laughs> you know, but, but what you're saying was intentional. That's, that, that's exactly what I was trying to do. So I guess it was successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I heard, I heard, I thought like, that guitar sounds like I've shot by Soundgarden. And then I did hear the Nirvana references in the other part, which was, it was cool. It was, uh, so, oh, the verse is totally great. Basically like a ripoff of some group of band would write. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was good. And, and cello I mean, on it and everything. <laughs> what's that? Sorry. The cello on it and everything, you know, that terrible guitar sound with the cello and those, you know, uh, dissonant type chord, chord range, yeah. man, you know, oh, that's cool. Um, I mean, another one, uh, Mr. Jones was one I always really liked. Chorus is really strong. Do you remember what Mr. Jones, like, speak, was that speaking metaphorically? It was, uh, <clears throat> that was something that kind of wrote on the, on the offshoot of, like, the usual, um, you know, I would write things and songs, and then I would write things with Chip and have those songs. And then there was things that happened in the, in the dark corners, like with Derek and stuff, when we were fucked yeah. up and high and doing things like that. That was one of those. And, um, and you know, I don't really have my all my wits about me when I'm in that, those, that kind of state of mind. And so uh, Jones, I must have obviously was Jonesing at the time, you know, writing it. And so that's yeah. where the Jones came from. And and then Mr. Jones, it's, uh, you needed a, Santa Jones and da 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 da. So you need know, what goes be tr- before Jones that has two syllables. You know what I mean? You, you just go around the list and <laughs> until the computer digs like, oh, Mister. Oh, all right, this there you go. That makes sense. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. <laughs> now, um, getting back to the Cleopatra stuff, is so your plan is to release more of the albums on vinyl. They're going to release them all, and 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 the the main thing that they're they're looking at is uh the next thing I think is probably either Peach Fuzz or the box set, but they're both right now uh, being put together. The box set, I imagine, is the priority, and uh, but yeah, each each record is going to be re released. The new you know new cover, um, you know, a lot of you just can't find or get them anywhere, and yeah, and uh. They not, a lot of them are never promoted. You know, you had to be a big fan to know they exist and stuff. And so the records are all all worth. They're all worthy of of, of a proper release. You know what I mean? A proper uh, ex- existence and and be acknowledged. So that's a good thing. You know, when when you're looking at hindsight at this point in this stage of the game, still making more stuff. As far as I'm concerned, the box set would be would be where my head is at, you know, because they've been out and this and that. And the box set is something that could, that has a sense of newness about it. You know what I mean? That's very cool. I can't wait for that. I, I mean, I'm excited for uh, Peach Fuzz. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited about it. And Paraphernalia. I like that album a lot. Um, I, I'm excited about it all, but I mean, the, just off the top of my head, the ones that I'm just thinking about. And actually seeing those covers, oh, they're going to change the covers. So will they do... Uh, better, they better. Will they do another cover for Animals then? I would hope so. That was a ridiculous cover. I mean, um, well, no, no, the cover actually, that was, the cover was originally the back picture for Animals, and the one one that went on the back was the original cover, and they switched that at the last minute, 
and um, which I thought was better because I never understood the fucking circus poster type thing on the back, and and I ended up having to buy that as a 1908 actual Barnum Bailey Circus uh, poster thing made on canvas and stuff, and I autographed it somewhere in there, and you know, all thinking you know, big ideas and shit. I ended up having to buy that thing. Didn't know somebody was going to go over with a fine tooth fucking comb, see my little autograph in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, but I don't know what the deal was. I never understood why, how that was. That had any. I didn't understand the the title of the record. But that's when you got major labels that are deciding that stuff, like Animals with Human Intelligence. What well, just tells me what they thought of us. I mean, yeah. basically a bunch of fucking cavemen with guitars in their hands. And but then I didn't understand the fucking just you know those covers. They just I you really it needs to be the guy who's creating this stuff that needs to finish the picture. You know what I mean? It's like take a paint you take a painting, you made a painting, you're just about, you know, done with it now. The background needs to be filled in, needs to be put in a frame and this and that. And somebody else comes along and finishes it and does that. And it completely doesn't fit the thing. It's not what it should be and stuff. And that's kind of what would always happen at that point. That's weird. I mean, you hear of other bands that have total control of what the album cover and the title is. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, what you can put as an album cover for uh, your album of all this great shit that you just spent all this time and work on, you, what you can do is uh, any album cover is, is endless possibilities of how magnificent of a thing you can make and put that in. And, and look at the shit, garbage, fucked up, stupid rappers that all my stuff came in. It's really... You know, shit like that is, is the reasons that I had issues and problems with everybody in the band and all and the organization and everything. Was things like that 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 fucked with the, the creative vision, they fucked with the art that lessened what it was, that lessened the the quality of what I, I would create, what I would do. And then something somebody comes along at the last minute and, and you know, and gouges it, you know, with something and, and, and basically Ruins, ruins it to me with, you know, with uh, like some, some shitty fucked up cover that has nothing to do with anything. That ruins things for me, you know, because money's never been my objective. Big, huge superstar has never been my objective. I'm an artist, and yeah. um, that's all I care about. And that, so that was the reason, and that would start and parlay into bigger problems that would turn into uh, relationship problems that, that would last, you know, until they finally fell apart completely. But those were the things that where I had problems with, with things. And then when I had problems with, with people, you know, I'm not very good at not showing them. <laughs> and, uh, and then, then people start resenting me and things like that. And I started to have to pull out that card with the fuck are you idiots doing this for when it needs to be me doing then It's all of a sudden it, it looks more like I like, I'm just dismissing everybody else as, as a bunch of side men. And I'm the guy and stuff, which kind of in a little bit of a way that was, you know what I mean? But, I wouldn't look at things that way. I look at, if you're going to do this, then do we do it good? Or why the fuck are you doing that to me? Yeah. If you want, if you want, really want to do this, that's fine. Just make sure it kicks fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Now, so the cover for Strength, was that like supposed to be a take on Van Halen or something? That was, um, that was another one where the labels make those calls. But what they had is when you walked into uh, the Echo building in those days, there was a, a big fountain right there that was that thing, only, only the guy holding the world. Right. You know, that big fountain of the, the guy holding the world, and that's what it was right there. And 
I guess somebody looked at it and said, strength, here we go. Here's our album cover. And they just did it with a big naked man holding a peace sign instead of the world. <laughs> yeah, see, I always, I thought maybe it was a take on 5150 with the guy holding the, you know, like that kind of thing. I was thought, are they ripping off? It was supposed to be Van Halen. What is it? So, well, Donnie, I, w- I want to thank you uh, for joining me again tonight. It's always a pleasure, man. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks, man. You too. Okay, we'll talk to you. Take care. Once again, it's been fun. Bye. Yeah.